silly podcast is not going to honor what Juneteenth actually means, but I will spend this podcast updating you all on new research that tackles the issues of disparities in diagnosis that Black families experience. This disparity could, of course, potentially lead to delays and interventions that make a difference in the lives of people on the spectrum. You've heard studies this year, like the one led by Whitney Guthrie, that showed that actually, yes, earlier is better. Recently, the CDC reported that the gap in the age of diagnosis is narrowing between Black kids and other races. It may be true, I hope so, but I need to see more evidence to show that that's an actual thing. So a group from Washington University at St. Louis in Missouri a few years ago found that there was an average 42-month delay in diagnosis following a parent's first expression of their concern about their child's development to a healthcare professional, and this was in Black families. Black families also showed an increased prevalence of intellectual disability, which was 50% versus 20% in white kids, and that in, that difference wasn't really attributed to anything actually known to cause IDD. Black kids also showed poor adaptive outcomes, which is the, are they actually doing what they could be doing part of the autism assessment? They interviewed Black mothers to figure out what was going on, and they found that the diagnosis was impeded by things like wait times, misdiagnosis, costs out of pocket, even after insurance covered it, and that's when there was insurance. There were also scheduling conflicts and transportation issues to get to that diagnostic evaluation. This indicates structural factors that could influence bias to get a timely diagnosis in Black families. So what could be done? So researchers at Washington University in St. Louis and Emory University in Atlanta saw about 200 Black families at the two sites between 18 and 36 months of age. This is a different study than the one conducted a few years ago. This one was just published. All of them got a diagnosis and were followed for another 18 months so that they could track services and autism symptoms, cognitive outcomes, and adaptive functioning as they turned four. Now, again, this was a different study, so they didn't just assume that the black kids were going to get a diagnosis in a timely manner. Based on their original study, they employed strategies based on what parents told them. Specifically, there were local outreach campaigns to primary care professionals and community stakeholders. The message was that the disparities in cognitive and adaptive outcomes seen in black kids who got diagnosed later was the consequence of this later diagnosis and could be prevented with an earlier diagnosis. And parents in the community needed to take action to make that happen. They also didn't focus on autism as the outcome. They really focused on things like language development, social-emotional delays, and cognitive development. It wasn't specifically about autism. It was about kids needing extra help in different domains. In fact, Black families are more likely to express concern about language or motor delays, sleeping habits, and behavior rather than an autism diagnosis. So they focused on that. Parents expressed concerns about expressive language delay, sleeping or eating habits, motor or motor skills. Each of these is commonly associated with autism, but may not represent that classic observable symptom aligned with a diagnosis of autism. So primary care clinicians should continue to be trained about early developmental monitoring. Providers can't assume that autism is present just because parents don't use that term. 
particularly given documented differences in diverse community relating to their familiarity with autism, what is appropriate parent or child behavior, and of course, the stigma associated with disability. As a reminder, the AAP encourages more thorough evaluation of developmental risk anytime a parent expresses concern, regardless of provider impression, and regardless of whether they use the word autism. Now, another study showed that pediatrician well visits, as we all know, could also be a target for outreach. And referrals for follow-up are more likely to happen for Black families when providers, not just parents, push. If you look at the pattern of MCHATs, many providers dismiss that 18-month MCHAT and only refer if there's a positive MCHAT at 18 and 24 months. Now, that's a mistake. Providers should refer at 18 months and follow up at 24 months, not wait and see until the kid fails two screening tools. Okay, so back to the St. Louis study, where 200 Black families were recruited. Since this was a research study, the assessments were made through research work streams that minimized wait times, and they also gave them the right paperwork that was needed for things like IEP. They also had a social worker to help them navigate families through the process. In St. Louis, the researchers got a grant specifically for clinical intervention, One type of intervention was based on a center. Another was based at home with telehealth that focused on parent training. Parents could choose whatever they wanted. So what happened in this research study that specifically recruited Black families very early and offered intervention? Well, the age of diagnosis shortened to under three years, and the research study was mostly the ones that gave them a diagnosis, which suggests that wait times do play a key role. However, just getting that earlier diagnosis did not necessarily miraculously lead to more service hours. Now, you still get, you get an earlier diagnosis. Unless the families were pushed or offered more intervention hours, they only got about one to two hours a week. Now, in that one study at St. Louis where they were able to provide intervention directly, that increased to over six hours a week. Families were still very interested in the intervention, but just throwing it at them by insurance companies or random service providers through, you know, get it as you can, didn't really help. Even if they had insurance, it was only through the supplemental intervention. And that supplemental intervention improved cognitive ability of full seven points. In fact, those that didn't get the intervention showed a decline in adaptive behavior, while it stayed stable in those who did get the intervention. Diagnosis alone was not enough to improve adaptive behavior. And in fact, more than six hours a week may be needed to improve that functioning. So what does this mean? Well, first, earlier diagnosis is possible for Black families. A tailored program for outreach worked. But earlier diagnosis alone isn't enough to improve outcomes. You needed intervention. That improved cognitive outcomes and stabilized adaptive outcomes. The good news is, is when Black families were offered the opportunity for intervention, they took it. It doesn't mean the outcomes were equivalent to those without a diagnosis, but they did a lot better than those who didn't get a diagnosis based on results from earlier studies. Without this intervention, disparities in outcomes for Black families are likely to continue. I hope we still continue to focus on families who are traditionally underreached and underserved. 
not just around Juneteenth, but around the entire year. I'll put some links to these studies in the podcast summary. Thank you for listening.